Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast with Dr. Raj Desgupta, a show all about educating patients, students, and aspiring doctors about better patient care. Dr. Raj is a quadruple board certified physician and associate professor at the University of Southern California. He was a co-host of the TNT series, Chasing the Cure with Ann Curry, as well as a regular on the TV show, The Doctors. And now, here's our show. Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast. And what is the podcast of? You know it. Happiness, wellness, amazing people, great stories, things that just pump you up. And today, I'm interviewing an individual that I got to know over the last couple of months that more and more, I'm really digging this guy because he is what this podcast is all about helping others. I just love that to begin with. And before I just jump into it, you know the rules. I got to read the bio first, and then we're going to go into those questions. So today's guest is going to be Todd Keats. He has been a lifelong social good evangelist. And he wrote good in his bio, not to confuse him with the bad evangelist from like the 1980s and 90s, you know. <laughs> he has woven a community engagement and social impact into his life since he was a teenager volunteering in senior living facilities. Over decades, he has created intergenerational programs to build bridges within families and communities and volunteered as a hugger for the Special Olympics. I, I, I love to be a hugger, I'm, I'm telling you. He uh, developed business curriculum for high schools, taught in inner city schools for junior achievement, been a mentor for Big Brother, Big Sisters, and worked in healthcare industry, consulting with major employers, hospital systems, pharmaceutical companies, and other entities. Further, he is also proud of the work he did consulting in the 2000s with the South Korean government related to technology companies. Through all of this, Todd became even more driven to translate his personal ethos on a much larger scale within his personal and professional life. In 2012, he co-founded and served as CEO of Stock for Good to make the process infinitely easier for individuals to donate stock in publicly held companies to nonprofit organizations. In 2018, he relocated to Florida to become a primary caregiver and patient advocate for his mom and dad. And we're going to talk about that during our interview together. And each of them had, unfortunately, life-threatening diseases. During those experiences, Todd 
saw firsthand many challenges all caregivers and patient advocates face. This led them to create My Care Friends, a unique new website for caregivers and patient advocates to connect and support each other. Additionally, Todd currently serves on the National Council of the American Association of Caregiving Youth, which brings greater awareness to the needs of over 5.4 million caregiving youth in the U.S., he also sits on the board of Say Ah, a nonprofit focused uh, on improving health literacy across the U.S. In addition to all this, he somehow finds time to help people and employees in many industries as co-founder CEO of 17 Commerce, which represents exceptional products at the crossroads of healthcare and technology. Last but not least. Todd is a proud graduate of Temple University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, with a focus on business and economics. Go Owls. He made me say that. (laughs) With that being said, uh, Todd, thank you for being here today. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Thanks so much, Dr. Raj. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. And Wow, you you just shared so much. I didn't realize that that's been my life, but <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love about us is that you know we're only doing the audio, but if you could see us, we we have similar hairstyles. We're super bald, <laughs> and you know, despite our skin color, we could have been brothers, dude. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's true. Oh my gosh, how funny! So hey, I want to talk about family and health and stuff first because you know that's what really you know, made me relate to you because my wife's a rheumatologist, I'm a lung doctor, and your mom has both in the sense that she has a disease called scleroderma, which is a disease my wife and I are passionate about. She had lung involvement. Scleroderma is not a disease of just the skin. It affects every organ in the body. And um, I know she went through a lot to get the right diagnosis. So my question to you is, how is your mom doing right now? And uh, a quick update on her. Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, now, I when people ask me that question, I my answer is she's doing relatively okay. Yep. You know, with the quote unquote, because of course there's some really bad days. There's some okay days, and once in a while there'll be a a really good day. But you know, everything's relative in life, and uh, it's certainly the journey that she's been on has been. Not for the faint of heart. Hey, how old was she when she got the official diagnosis of scleroderma, by the way? Yeah, that's a great question. She was 75. Oh, a little bit later in life. You know what I mean? Like uh, most of my wife's patients are a little bit earlier in age. And how is the lung disease? Is it stopped progressing Is or is it keep on making the lungs a little bit worse and worse and worse? Where are we with that? The, the interstitial lung disease yes. induced by the scleroderma, it is now, it's been leveled off for two, three years at this point. She Good. uses oxygen at night. So, I mean, that in itself is kind of like, you know, being an individual, being a son, scleroderma, what is that? And it's already stressful that your mom is going through something. But let's kind of mention your dad, who I say is the coolest dude ever. I talked to him when he was in the car next to you. Your dad has bladder cancer. And how is he doing? And, and when was he diagnosed with all this relative to your mom? Uh, he's doing, again, relatively, quote unquote, okay. 
it's clear. Uh, the scans for the past 18 months have been clear after it metastasized and mm -hmm. he was told he had a year. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, he was told he had a year to live. Um, it was a high-grade bladder cancer and it spread to his lung. So, yeah, we're, we're grateful. It's 18 months. He has his next scan at the beginning of December and he continues to do immunotherapy every two weeks. Oh, and you know, the Dr. Ross show sends his love out to both your mom and dad. And yeah. uh, I just want to tell everyone, you know what I think the best part about you is not because you're an entrepreneur, is that, you know, when we talk, you're always in the car driving your mom and dad to get blood work <laughs> and seeing doctors. And I love that. You know, are you sure you're not Asian? Do you have Asian in you? <laughs> but, um, you know, with all these things going on in your folks, I mean, is this your your paid your passion for patient advocacy? Is it mainly based on your experience and you're going through your mom and dad right now? And how does this incorporate into your personal ethos at a professional level and a personal level? Gosh, so my passion for advocacy really, I would say, goes back to what you mentioned earlier, which was when I was volunteering as a teenager in senior living centers. Uh, I sat with them. I both listen. I would go and just listen. I'd listen to their stories because often they feel lonely and isolated. And I just love learning about their journeys in life. And that's aside from, of course, playing the uh, requisite game of bingo. Um, <laughs> but there I became an advocate early on because there would be different things that I asked if I could help with. And they said, would you talk to the nurse? Would you talk to the doctor? Would you just ask them a question for me? So that's where it all started. Wow. No, and, you know, it's simple things. Just spending time, you know, I think that I never get used to going to an assisted living or a long care term facility. And you don't realize, you know, what, what it's like at that stage until you go there and just spend time at any different level. So I think it's, that's just awesome. So with this being said, what causes, I'm using that broad term, or nonprofits, uh, have you been, have been important to you over the years and stuff that you've actively been involved in? Well, when I was a kid. Yeah. I would do the, the bond to go with my dad. Uh, he was uh, a member of Kiwanis. And so, okay. uh, you know, Kiwanis used Is to- the softball league, right? It's a like a civic organization. Uh -huh. And so they had a every year the peanut day where they, you know, give out peanuts at the oh, okay, okay. corner of a an intersection and they'd hand out peanuts. And oh. it, so that's kind of was my start. But okay. then, <laughs> yeah. And as I got older, of course, I got involved. And in, as you mentioned, uh, Special Olympics was in a cause that I was very passionate about. I worked with big brothers, big sisters. Um, Love that. And that was something very special. And I just continued to do other causes as well uh, along the way. Well, I'm going to make you talk about a couple of them. I'd like you to mention about the National you know, Adversary Council of the American Association of Caregiving Youth. What is that and what do you do for it? Yeah. So the American Association of Caregiving Youth, uh, coincidentally, which is based here in South Florida, just 20 minutes from me. Oh, OK. They are the only organization that is focused on advocating for caregiving youth in this country. Um, we are way behind in this country compared to the UK and other countries, but they do a great job of bringing about awareness, trying to move legislation forward, et cetera. And Connie Siskowski, who was the founder, who also, by the way, 10 years ago was spotlighted as a CNN hero. 
and she's a fabulous person. And so she asked me to be a part of this organization. So I said, sure, I'll be on the National Advisory Council. And so I'm busy helping them move forward awareness of caregiving youth. So would people like me and you, I'm taking care of my folks right now. My dad's suffering from Alzheimer's, you know, and I know you're doing with your folks. Are we kind of like the people that are trying to support us during what we're doing right now and helping our folks and helping people older? I should join this organization. It seems like (laughs) we're in the trenches right here. (laughs) Actually, it's for youth. It's for those who are 18 and under. I'm 18. Don't. (laughs) That's amazing because you know what? It's so hard to be mature enough under the age of 18 to do these things. You know what I mean? Like, what is the message? What are you trying to encourage? First and foremost, that there are well over 5.4 million caregiving youth in this country. And it was only it was only exacerbated by COVID. So these folks, and there's some really great videos that I share with people that really hit the message home about this. They are in everybody's neighborhood. You don't necessarily realize it, but there is a child in your neighborhood that is caring for a parent, a grandparent, a sibling, and they lose time with friends. They often may miss school, be late to school, not get to participate in sports. And we want them to have more of an inclusive childhood. And that's part of bringing awareness and bringing support to them. I love that. Oh, my God. We should do a separate podcast just on that one. But I'm going to ask you one more, one more about, um, I like it, say ah. <laughs> I mean, I could do it all day. Well, could you just kind of kind of like go a little bit deeper on that one? Yeah. So say ah. I, I was approached by an old friend of mine, a colleague, friend. Um, we had worked together in the early 2000s. And great woman based in New York. And she said, Todd, you know, we've talked so many times about the importance of patient bill of rights and patient advocacy. And she said, I am on the board of this organization called SEA. Would you be interested in being on the board? And one thing led to the next. So I met the founders and they asked me to join their board. And it's about health literacy. And it's, it's very focused on New York City right now. But I've come on to hopefully help them expand it across the country and just making sure that people, again, understand their rights, uh, making sure they understand what's being said, how it's being said. Yeah. I'm going to like switch gears a little bit because you are a jack of all traits. I want to talk about virtual reality stuff. I I don't even know how you got into that. I mean, all right. So, um, (laughs) Let's talk about it. Your other business is something called 17 Commerce. And you made me research this a little bit, but I don't think I'll do justice. I don't want to mention it. You could talk about it. It's called Magic Horizons. What is that? Can you explain it to me? (laughs) Sure. The backstory is I was living out in the San Francisco Bay Area uh, the year before my mom got sick and I came to Florida. And I was part of a pitch competition. And so in San Francisco, and I was, they were pitching to me and a number of other folks. And I loved what Giorgio, the co-founder, along with his brother, were doing or wanted to do. So we stayed in touch. We became friends. And eventually, we started working together. So Magic Horizons, Giorgio Martin, along with their wives, 
set out to address the mental health crisis in the world through a scientific collaboration with Humboldt University in Germany. They developed a VR platform where stress and anxiety are greatly reduced. And in fact, uh, the Mayo Clinic here in the U.S. is using it. We just completed uh, an extremely successful pilot with the Veterans Health Administration. I love the VA. Okay. Me too. And they have a VA immersive program that's incredible. And they're going to be rolling it out to additional VA medical centers. So it's something that I love. I use it. It's here in my home. And it's awesome. So just so my so my listeners could like visualize it, it, it's goggles that you are over your eyes, correct? For X amount of time during the day. Exactly. The, each each experience is five to seven minutes. Okay. You can also just like a music playlist, you can have a playlist with three of those or five of those or 10 of those and just loop it. All right. I, I'm saying this on my podcast. I mean, send me a, like a, a sample or like, give me a, like, I want to try this now. Now you're getting me into this a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, VR, not to skew too much is, is a hot topic. My, my fellows just had a, a, a competition in pulmonary critical care where they had to wear these VR glasses and do CPR <laughs> like in the middle of the air. So I think you got something there, Todd, as far as the VR and the technology. So um, I like this. It's kind of cool. It is cool. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So, you know, you have so many things to choose from, but this is going to be a hard question for you. If you could pick just one challenging experience from your business career that shaped just one aspect of your personality that has been key to your success as a caregiver and a patient advocate and life, <laughs> what would it be? What would it be? What would it be? So there's one challenging experience that has always come through, and it was early in my career. I was working for a company called U.S. Healthcare, which was an early HMO that ultimately was bought by Aetna. And I was up in the Boston marketplace helping them as they just moved into that market. Now, I kept going to this one company and I wanted to bring them on board to offer U.S. Healthcare. Uh, and the president just kept coming up with objection after objection. And I kept coming back to him with information and solutions um, that would address his concerns. So over the course of, this is over the course of six to nine months, we continued to address those concerns in a timely, patient, and relatable way. And so that is the one aspect of my personality that I learned overall. And you asked, what is the key to success? Is being relatable. You have to be relatable to the people that you are talking with. 
No, well said and to the point. And I agree. It's kind of understand of, of knowing your audience, make him really embrace you. I, I really love that. I really love that, you know? So finally, now that we got to know you and I'm really impressed with everything else you did, I'm going to talk about what's behind you, which is my care friends. We, we finally got to it. We finally got to it. So question first, then we'll kind of dive into it. In addition to the direct caregiving patient advocacy journey, with your parents that led you and drove you to create My Care Friends. What is it? You know what I mean? And can you define it so we can know about it a little bit better? Then we'll go from there. My Care Friends was the, let's say it was the outgrowth of initially everything that my parents had been through. You know, I, we didn't talk earlier, but I, at a high level, and my mom had 17 hospitalizations in 22 months from 2018 to two weeks after COVID hit. <sighs> Three months later, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and then went through multiple rounds of chemo and radiation. So there was an incredible amount of experience in there. And through all of that, I came across so many patients, so many caregivers, so many healthcare professionals, et cetera, et cetera, because we were, you can imagine, over 100 days in the hospital, hundreds and hundreds of appointments and tests. It just kept being apparent to me that there's a lot of things that weren't connecting and that being patients being able to be understood. So the patient's voice, it was caregivers feeling isolated and lonely and not yeah. knowing where to go and how to go about it. They wanted to connect with people that were in their shoes that understood it because we all know when you go to somebody who's not in those shoes and they say, Oh yeah, I understand. And you're, you look at them and you're like, well, I'm not sure you do. So my care friends became a place that I want people to be able to connect with others in their shoes. I love it. Let, let's go specifically back to mom. It's always back to mom. You know, how long did it take to understand what scleroderma is? And does she have other people? Is she connected to other people with scleroderma to understand? Because it's one thing to say, hey, I have type 2 diabetes. That's almost our whole country. But it's another thing to say, hey, I have scleroderma. So did this was it really frustrating in her journey to get the diagnosis and to understand what's going on and make friends with her uh, people who are going through it? Yeah, that's. Again, another great question. <laughs> um, so there's a it's a multi-part answer. So initially, I, when I was in California, and this is the beginning of 2018, I was living out there, and I saw through video, like, my mom wasn't looking well. And I came and took her to various appointments. And over the course of a month, her, her health care tanked. Her hemoglobin went from 12 to 5. Oh, my God. And without getting into all the major details. Yeah. We went in for a transfusion. They said, okay, we're doing a type and screen, come back in two days. I said, we got to do it now. She may yeah. not be alive in two days. And they said, you got to go to the ER. We got that taken care of. So what happened was, fortunately, my mom has a cousin who is he's a retired physician, but had worked for the NIH. He had a contact at Cleveland Clinic in Ohio who got us a contact with an amazing physician hematologist, oncologist here at, in Florida at Cleveland Clinic, Dr. Wessam Ahmed. Okay. We love the man. He's now, he's now elsewhere over in the Middle East at Cleveland Clinic. So it took this major crash of her health, got her to Cleveland Clinic. By the way, 
this is part of my advocacy, and I've got to I've got to mention this. Say it, say it. So <laughs> when she was in the community hospital to get this transfusion, they did tests, and they said, "Oh, well, you know, something's wrong with her kidneys." I said, "Yes, we know that. Um, we'll have a nephrologist come in tomorrow. They had a nephrologist come in. Oh, we'll be back tomorrow." I went to the charge nurse and I said, "I'm going to take my mom. I'm going to take her out of here. I'm taking her yeah. to Cleveland Clinic." And they said, "No, you can't do that." And I said. Yes, I can. Yeah. And I said, with all due respect, I can do that. And I have to because she's not getting the care that she needs right here. And so they said, well, it might not be covered by insurance. I said, my mom's life comes first. Nice. So nice. I called the ambulance. They came and got her. She was set up. Dr. Ahmed was waiting with a team. I'm telling you, at Cleveland Clinic in Florida and Weston, I know up, the, up in north as well, but was phenomenal. Oh. So, well, within 24 hours, they they were doing all sorts of tests. I mean, she had bone marrow. They were checking everything. She was put on dialysis immediately. I mean, 24 seven oxygen. And so it took. You know how you know how they go through protocols. Yeah. They have to do certain tests first. Eventually, they did the. I I got to remember the name. The polymerase. Oh, um, polymerase. Yep, yep, yep. So they finally did that. They did that. And I think the, the normal range is zero to 16. Yeah. She was 94. Wow. She blew it out of the water in a bad way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Which meant she had systemic scleroderma, systemic yeah. sclerosis, which. Is yeah. Yeah. So that's when it, it took about eight days for that to happen in Cleveland wow. Clinic. Yeah. And then once that happened, they put her on Captopril, which protects okay. the kidneys and yep. scleroderma patients. Yes. Along with all other course of treatment. Yeah. Oh my God. So two things. <laughs> Number one, for my med students, I do have a bunch of them that listen to this. It sounds like this is scleroderma renal crisis, something you don't want to yes. go to when you have scleroderma. But to just give a, a personal story, it's I always wonder why I ended up being a doctor. And I feel now that my folks are old. And, you know, when my dad was going through uh, leukemia and he was going through lung cancers and he was going through Alzheimer's now, my mom had, you know, osteoporosis. It's just to have me there to help navigate through all the confusing things. I mean, I'm just glad. I mean, I love helping people. I love teaching, but I feel my calling was just to help my parents because it's so confusing. That's why I love you. And I love, you know, what you represent, because there's a lot of people like us out there that feel they're by themselves. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to keep on. So let me ask you this. What will define success for my care friends? It seems like you've done a great job with other companies. What are your goals? What do you want to accomplish with my care friends? So I think there's two distinct or two distinct ways to define that. And it's crystallizing more every day that we, we are moving forward. Uh, so one is to provide a safe space for thousands and hopefully millions of caregivers and advocates over time, to connect, share, and support each other. And that was the initial intention. It has the other way, which has now really materialized even since we last spoke uh, three, four weeks ago. It is about creating an awareness, a greater awareness, because there's certainly a lot of other folks out there trying to create awareness for uh, as patient advocates. But creating greater awareness to support these individuals, to support the caregivers and vis-a-vis -vis the loved ones and the families. And we're going to be doing that, which we've already started. And as we've talked about with the National Advisory Council, 
um, which some phenomenal people on it. <laughs> and then we're going to be doing, we just uh, talked about it this week, an educational series starting next year, where we're going to be getting leading voices to wink, wink, uh, leading <laughs> voices <laughs> uh, to, to do some advocacy, but helping people understand. Because really one of the keys and one of one of the council's members is a, a patient advocate. She's a doctor. She's a rheumatologist. Um, she's based in the Boston area, who I happen to know since I was in high school. We were talking about this topic and how important it is for patients, advocates, caregivers, and healthcare professionals to understand each other. They have to all be relatable. And it's so important. It's speak the speak that we all understand. And so that's part of the mission of My Care Friends is to help move that along in different ways. I love it. Now, I want to make sure like we everyone understands how to get to operate, be part of My Care Friends, because it's sometimes hard to visualize. So is it a website? I know it's a website. And what do they do? Do they go there? Do they sign up? How do they, is it free? Do they get access to all these things? Can you kind of like just quickly walk through the steps? I want to make sure that people understand it because I believe in it. Yes. Uh, My Care Friends, uh, www.mycarefriends.com. They go there. They can sign up for free. It's free for members to sign up. You go in. You can then join groups. You can respond to forums. You can even create your own forums on topics that you want people to to chime in about. And then there's news feeds there that are relevant news for caregivers and advocates. There's online events. Most of them are free that you can go in and uh, and attend. Uh, We'll be doing our own events next year as well. That's an additional thing that we are going to do. And then there'll be a marketplace that are going to have relevant products. And we're going to be getting that up um, by the holidays. Nice. So when you wake up in the morning, so I'm pretending I'm like, you know, a client or a patient or, you know, um, so I go on to the website. And I'm like, hey, I could just see what events are going on that day. What's relevant for me? Some could be more medical. Some can be more fun. You know, uh, I know we talked about having a Star Wars side, but then we'll also have a medical side. So it's something where you could do when you wake up or while you're getting treatment, while you're getting your chemo to see what's going on there and just Kind of also vent if you have, hey, did anyone go through this before? And is anyone going through this? Is that going to be, am I describing it correctly? Yeah, you're you're almost all the way there. So nice. it's, uh-huh. um, yeah, it, it's interesting because initially I was, we were just focused and that's how we still market it for patient advocates and caregivers. Yep. But patients are more and more now interested as well. And certainly that's great because we're, we've actually, we're creating a whole ambassador program. They're, oh. they're going to be my care MCF care ambassadors. And so they're going to be primarily patients, young medical students, which I've already met with some. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yep. We're going to go in and help because then it helps bridge the gap of communication and people can understand each other. And so yes, they can go in. So as you said, if you know if you're if you're a dialysis patient or whatever, and we know what that's like, my mom was on it. Yeah. And if you have the energy while you're there and you want to connect with others who are dealing with that, you could go on. But you made a really good point. It's also fun topics. So it's certainly the heavier healthcare topics, but it's also fun because you want to relate with people in your shoes who also know how to have fun. They yeah. love art. 
They love music. They love yep. dancing. Go talk about your favorite movie. Go talk about your favorite rock group, whatever it might be. <laughs> so I love the, the, the super wink wink. I mean, uh, I think like, you know, couple of what's a week ago i totally love to team up with you so i'm gonna be part of this so what am i gonna be am i gonna get like a scepter and a crown to be an ambassador or like what what's my role gonna be? i know like you like me for sleep though i could probably be your more of your star wars advocate you know but I mean, <laughs> what am i gonna what do i what do i get to do for you what can i do yeah so as we've talked about mm -hmm. uh, you will uh, be a part of that council which okay, is a cool. very important part of it. Yes, the um, the National Advisory Council has some awesome people on it, some great, wonderful doctors, Cleveland Clinic-based. You'll be out there in LA. Uh, Cindy's up in Boston. We wow. have some patients who have been going through their journey because we want to get this from all angles. It's very important. So there's a patient, a young woman, who had, when she was born had congenital heart disease. Uh -huh. And I mean, she had surgery within the first week of being alive. She's now 32. She just had major Yay. heart surgery three weeks ago again. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, and what a phenomenal human being this person is. And she's going to be on it. So a really diverse group. Uh, we're still working to get some other really great people on there. So that's one way. The other way will be, uh, as we've talked about, we've talked about a special group on My Care Friends. Can't so, uh -huh. which will be for you and the topic of sleep. And <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, and we'll talk about that more and we'll make big announcements about that when we're ready to go. And you and I will work on that together. And plus, you were so kind to um, agree to be a part of uh, an event. And we'll, we'll, we have to talk offline about the date of that later in November because sure. it's. National Caregivers Month, National Family Caregivers Month. Oh. So we'll we'll be doing an event which uh, will be open to everybody uh, on the topic of sleep. And oh my God! Of that, yeah. Oh, I love it. So, hey, I want to make sure I do a fun thing before we go. I just know you're so focused on all these wonderful things. But what what do you do? Do you have fun? Do, what, <laughs> what would, do, do you have a hobby you want to mention before we go? <laughs> I do have fun. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes I have to listen to my own advice <laughs> to make sure that I, that I take time out for myself. Yeah. Exercise, because that's that's okay. the one thing that's really, really important for caregivers and patient advocates. Um, get outside, even if it's just walking for 30 days, 30 days or walking for 30 minutes a day. If you can get out, just get that body moving, get your heart moving, keep it going. I love music, so I'll listen to music. I'm a sports fan. I'm I'm a big Philadelphia Phillies fan. So right now I'm praying that they go to the World Series. And so they did a number <laughs> recently. They're doing great. And at least you're not a, you know, I'm in LA, the Dodgers second year in a row kind of choke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So I do get in. I, I got to make sure that I get in time for me, whatever that may be. I love it. I love it. So, hey, one more time, just uh, say the website before we say goodbye, because I want to make sure everyone hears it. Sure. www.mycarefriends, with an S at the end, dot com. And they can contact me uh, at Todd with two Ds at mycarefriends.com. Well, you know, Todd, I'm not just saying this. This has been like one of the funnest, I know that's not really a word, podcast <laughs> that I've ever had. You're just a really smiley, cool dude. And I just like talking to you. And thank you for all you do for patient advocacy. It really is awesome. 
Well, gosh, it's it's my pleasure. I, you know, thank you so much for having me, and I I, I love talking with you too. And I, I look forward to you know collaborating with you in the future. Definitely. And hey, everyone out there, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dr. Raj podcast. I had a blast. I am super pumped up to be part of my care friends and. Check it out. Check out the website and stay tuned for the next podcast coming in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. Our producers are Madison Linden and Chris Brightigan. Our executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis.